0: Shaking Cats and Kittens, Rob Lee here for this month's presenting sponsor, Night Owl Gallery. Night Owl Gallery is an intimate, artist-run exhibition space showcasing the original paintings and fine art prints of Beth Ann Wilson. Also, it features curated goods from local artists and craftsmen. You can be sure to find one-of-a-kind gifts, handcrafted jewelry, home decor items, along with a few vintage treasures. Located in the rear of 248 South Conklin Street in Highland Town, across from the O's. Night Owl Gallery is a unique space that brings together Wilson's love of the arts, community, and culture. Additionally, Night Owl Gallery hosts an array of arts and crafts workshops throughout the year and participates in community events, many of which are free and open to the public. So in this ever-changing world, safety is their priority. So feel free to join them and hit them up online at www.nightowl.gallery. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in His Art. I'm your host, Rob Lee, and this is on MTR Podcast. So today, I'm interviewing a rock star convention DJ who doesn't shy away from entertaining the nerdy masses. Please welcome DJ Awesomest Prime.
1: Oh yeah, I wish I had my thank you to buy name It's awesome as pro.
0: That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get it in there. I'm 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 not that savvy. I, I have a stream deck here that I've not programmed yet. So it's all
1: right. You know, it's it's funny. I don't even have it set up for like my own Twitch stream. I don't even use it. I have a plethora of other sounds and I don't even use my own, you know, like tag. <laughs>
0: um so so thank you um for, for hopping on this and totally. um yeah, I, I came across you, became aware of you. Um f- from, from BloodCon. I mm-hmm. went there um with, with my my fellas, um, my man D from the illustrious Coplay Media. They're a nerdy, nerdy, blurdy, blurdy podcast in right. DC. And I I just, as I put it, uh, when I was talking to my partner, I was like, uh Osmos Prime's energy is unmatched.
1: <laughs> I thank you. Thank you. Uh that is definitely something that I I strive to to deliver uh with every performance. Um, doesn't matter how much energy drinks I've had or not. <laughs> I try to make sure it it comes across. So that I'm glad. I am glad. Thank you.
0: So totally. Um, for those who are uninitiated, I like to start off by getting some background on the guest and kind of you know maybe maybe bring some new people, some new ears to what you're doing, and maybe uh, get get, a, get another opportunity to put your story out there. So. Uh-huh. If you will, describe your background. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get started? And all of that good stuff. Oh, man. So
1: you, you want the, the nitty gritty. All right. I got you.
0: Yeah, I'm down for it.
1: <laughs> so uh, I'm actually a military brat. Um, my father was in the Marine Corps um, for about six years, uh, retired from that, and then decided civilian life was too hard and then jumped in the army. Wow. <laughs> um, so I, uh, yeah, since, since the moment I was born, I was a military kid, moved around all over the place. I I've lived in North Carolina, Virginia, New Jersey, Utah, um, where else? Everywhere. Pennsylvania. I've been all over the place. Um, and, uh, kind of growing up, grew up with music really. And I guess the biggest part of it is, is I am Puerto Rican. Gotcha. So a big part of, you know, our culture definitely is our music. Um, and I, I definitely grew up with, uh, you know, a lot of pop and like punk rock in the house, which is a little wild, a lot of new wave, kind of grew up with a lot of new wave. Um, but I, I always kind of had this like bug to to do music. I've always been interested in music. I, I started singing at a very early age. Um, I picked up the clarinet for a while, uh, played saxophone, bass clarinets. Uh, I tried my hand at oboe. That sucker defeated the crap out of me. <laughs> um double reed instruments in me are not friends uh in high school you know i wanted to be one of the cool kids because everybody wanted to learn how to play guitar and be like you know the rock star because you know when you're a rock star you you get all the girls or whatever so that was kind of the angle that i went there but then i also picked up a drum set as well as electric bass um i slap a little i'm trying to get better at it um so music has kind of always been a big part of my my life from every aspect to being professionally trained, you know, in school as well as, you know, teaching myself how to play some instruments cuz I even played like like tin whistle, like Irish tin whistle. Mm-hmm. Um I have a there's a big spot in my heart. I love like Irish um like traditional music, a lot of the fiddle and flute stuff. I really, really love that. That's kind of it's one of those weird things that people don't know about me. Um I <laughs> thoroughly enjoy that. Uh which I think, you know, kind of my passion for loving different types of music have definitely influenced how I make music and how I DJ music. Um, I guess that's kind of fast forward. And um, I was in a couple bands when we were in Colorado uh, some pop punk stuff. I had a nerdy pop punk band called about to explode. I'm sad that it never really took off. Um, and, uh, I was also in like a worship band. Uh, okay. it was, it was kind of a duo. Um, it was, it was really cool. Uh, I'm not entirely like a religious person, but uh, it was a very positive message and that's always been my thing. So I, I was on board. I was, I was ready for it. I played guitar for that, uh, Jim Bay and like tambourine and stuff. We used to do a lot of, uh, acoustic acts. Um, but i i've always kind of wanted to dj i was always interested in it i always liked the idea of becoming a dj and being able to manipulate music and, and kind of do something fun and different for right. people to kind of experience and i finally kind of picked it up um i'm fairly I'm fairly new to it believe it or not i i didn't start djing until like 2013. oh wow um so I kind of picked it up and kind of just ran with it. Got pretty good. Um, kept going. I finally got my first gig probably in like 2014, like the summer of 2014. Yeah. Um, I was at a local bar during happy hour. They let me come through. I DJed, I think, for like an hour or two. And then that was it. Then the real DJ showed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, the whole reason I kind of picked up DJing was specifically because uh, trying to form a band, which is something, you know, we all kind of strive to do, for, you know, mm-hmm. whoever wants to do that. It's always kind of difficult to find people of like mind to kind of come together and make that happen. So, um, there was a a point in my, my musical career, I guess I did try my hand at, um, nerdcore hip hop. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I'm not the greatest MC in the world. I can honestly uh, say that I'm not a, I'm not a huge, um, I love rap. Don't get me wrong. Like some of my, like one of my biggest influences is outcast, which they just dropped that new album not too long ago. Um, or the, it's well, old album. <laughs> At aliens, um, but it's the like extended edition, which it's really good. I finally got to listen to it.
0: Nice. Uh,
1: but yeah, so that that kind of um, made me want to kind of do some solo stuff because the the nerdcore hip hop was cool and everything. But I, I felt that I, I wasn't really equipped. To kind of um, deliver the type of quality music that I wanted to deliver. And then I picked up DJing uh, and then turned from there, became a producer. And and now I make my own EDM and and hip hop beats and all that stuff. So
0: So I I, want to step back because, like I said, uh, Blurcon was how that connection happened. So Mm -hmm. if you will, I've had a hard time trying to explain this to folks, maybe because of my accent, maybe because I have a lisp, but it gets out of hand a little bit. Define to the folks what a blurred is.
1: Blurred. Um, I guess the simple answer is blurred. It comes from the term black nerd. They kind of mush the two words together. But what exactly is a blurred? Uh, I kind of feel a blurred is almost a culmination of nerd culture and urban culture. Mm-hmm. Um, At least that's that's kind of how it's evolved is what I've noticed. So that's kind of like the biggest thing that I can honestly tell people is it's that because obviously everybody has the opportunity to, to be in love with anime and video games and comic books and science fiction, fantasy, tabletop gaming, all that stuff. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, what you are, how you identify it. Everybody is allowed to enjoy those things. And I think the reason blurred became such a big thing is because there is definitely a, a severe lack of representation in those mediums for um, black and brown people. Yeah. I mean, heck even Hispanics. Like we, we, you know, I actually had somebody pose this question to me a while ago, you know, name me, you know, a, a Hispanic, like superhero, like one of the, like from DC or Marvel and they, they exist, but they're very few.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the bits I had, uh, I forget who I was talking to about it, maybe a friend. We were talking about podcast. Actually, it was um, Kumasi uh, Barnett, who's a great artist. He's a painter. And it kind of just takes those old comic book covers and kind of has a little conversation about certain issues that are happening, like systemic racism and such. Mm -hmm. So the amazing black man and uh, white devil and all that good stuff. and. and i i was doing this thing i was like there's a lot of a lot of dusty comic characters black characters for sake of argument that have the black whatever their 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 power is as their name all of, and (laughs) it's kind of whack actually
1: you know it it happens too because i mean like black lightning okay cool we got it he's he's a black guy Cool. Um <laughs> Black Falcon. All right, cool. We get it. He's a black guy. Hell, even Black Panther. That one kind of kills me because it could be because the character was black or because the animal itself is a Black Panther. So I'm like It's almost ah.
0: repetitive too. It's like Panther Panther is all right. <laughs>
1: that's their color. Right?
0: <laughs> like you you guys were sneaky with that one. Striped tiger. Right. Uh, so 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 in that, like so seeing. Because the narco like music and the the DJing and 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 that kind of how did you get into that niche like I know I want to do this and I, I know you touched on it but like getting into I guess the convention scene that's kind of where I'm going at with it how did you get into that space
1: so it's really funny uh, it, I have a lot of people always ask me you know how, how do I do what you do like how do I become like you know a convention DJ because I, I consider myself a convention DJ it is the main source of DJing that I do. And um, it was almost kind of a fluke. I guess I happened to just start looking for conventions kind of in my area uh, to reach out to. The first one that actually kind of accepted my, my offer was um, Nerdtino, uh, the Nerdtino Expo in Philly. It is a convention dedicated to uh, Hispanic and Latinx uh, people within the industry of just nerd because it's everything. It's it's movie creators and authors alongside your video game creators, your anime, you know, voice actors uh, and all that stuff. So it's a really, really, really cool show and uh, they were like, Hey, you know, come on out and DJ. And I was kind of just trying to do like an after party for them or something like that. Instead, what wound up happening is I DJ the entire convention, like in the vendor hall. Um, and ever since then, I've been a part of their show uh, for the past three years. Um, and then from there, I was kind of like, Oh, I guess it really just kind of takes just emailing somebody, calling somebody, reaching out. So uh, the next show that I did was New Jersey gamer con. And then from there, I realized that all you really have to do is kind of like look for the shows, especially look at your favorite shows and just reach out. And a lot of times, a lot of these shows actually have, especially for you DJs out there, um, there actually is a DJ application for the dances or after parties that these events, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, have. So fill out that application, give them all the information they're asking for, um, sell yourself the best way you possibly can and kind of go from there. So that's really kind of. How it started, I think for me personally, though, because I started doing things very differently than everybody else, is kind of why I've seen the the growth that I have. Yeah. Um, kind of going back to the niche thing, I didn't know what nerdcore hip hop was until about 2007. Yeah, um, I I had met MC Lars actually back in like 2004 before anybody was really using nerdcore hip hop as like a a broad term, and uh, I met him again. In 27, or 2007, excuse me, um, it was him, uh, Whitey Cracker, Frontalot, and uh, former Fat Boys, which is what he goes by. Um, <laughs> and that kind of like opened my my whole world to this type of music. I was like, wait, there's there's music out there that's literally designed to like just aim for nerdy people, like Because yeah. the cool thing with nerdcore hip hop is not only does it touch base on like anime themes or comic book themes, but also just being a nerdy person, especially, you know, some of us old heads that grew up being made fun of because being a nerd wasn't cool. Now it's like, if you're not a nerd, <laughs> you're wrong. Um, so the the niche thing kind of came to me because a lot of these conventions kind of offer, you know, a great EDM experience for people, a lot of these crazy dances and stuff. But I kind of feel like if you're going to a convention, which is for nerdy things, why not i don't know have nerdy music yeah you know so that was kind of like my whole thought and i was like all right well let me try this so i i went deep diving and built a very solid library of pretty much just nerdy remixes from from everything i could possibly think of you know from from rick and morty to to the backyard again like i mean I've i've got a plethora of just crazy stuff and i think that's what has set me apart yeah um definitely so that's this the niche thing kind of came because i saw that there it made no sense to me that <laughs> we're at a convention we're having like an edm concert but it's like a regular like yeah. warehouse party which yes i get that their experience like that's something you want to experience out there with the glow sticks and you know doing all the crazy stuff and the outfits and please by all means do it but why not have that same type of experience with the music for the thing that you're already there to do already you know yeah. so that's, that's gonna happen
0: i'll, I'll say I, I've like gotten into going to conventions over the last few years um, due to that connection with my uh, my peer from Coplay mm-hmm. and gone to Blur twice, which is my favorite, and I'm saying that in a unabashed but very pluggish way, <laughs> and uh, Awesome Con a few times, and Baltimore Con, and Anime Expo. Anime Expo was fire um, in L.A., and <laughs> you know those things are, are, are really good, and they each has its different flavor, and you run into the people, you run into your tribe, and so you know, I've been spreading the gospel of this is Blurcon. You should check it out. And I've had uh, I, the, the, my selling point is the experience I had when I first went there was I was in the elevator with a dude. I never met him before. He was wearing some anime mask. I had a T-shirt on of some mm-hmm. cartoon and he offered me Hennessy. And I was like, this is great. I've never been offered elevator Hennessy. This <laughs> is amazing. And I say it's like an HBCU reunion, but with nerds. That's the way I describe it.
1: I blurred con is an amazing experience. And I always try to tell people like, if you've never been to blurred con, you have not experienced blurred con. Like it just, because you can go to, to every anime convention, you know, around the country and you kind of know what you're going to get into. You're going to see tons of cosplay. You're going to get to meet some voice actors. You're going to see some interesting panels that are all, all about anime. You're going to get to see what's coming out, talk to some industry leaders, you know, stuff like that. Get, you know, yeah. cute plushies, whatever you go to blurred con <laughs> blurred con is not really a convention in my opinion it is an experience yes i have been twice mm-hmm. uh, i hope they ask me to come back until they decide to either close their doors or i am in the ground like <laughs> it's kind of i blurred con is the coolest thing uh kind of like how you were talking about with being offered you know elevator hennessy i mean i i've i've had people bring me you know presence we'll say uh you know just kind of being uh just among <laughs> you know the, the people just there just kind of being there uh, vibing with everybody and yeah. it's great because i kind of feel like a lot of times uh, we as uh very sexy melanated people <laughs> sometimes are even ousted from our own communities because yeah. of the things that we like and this place allows for you to literally just fly your nerd flag as high as you want as loud and proud as you want it is the coolest thing and i think one of the biggest um amazing things about it too is the cosplay because we all know that there's this wild stigma with characters being cosplayed by black people mm-hmm. or other melanated people, and there's always this backlash. Well, that character's not black. Cool. If it's an anime character, guess what? They're not white either. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> get off my back. Like I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But it's cool because BlurredCon allows you to to cosplay in this like um how do I don't want to word this? This this worry-free zone. This completely. Yeah amazing accepted area because everybody is you know there to have a good time with no judgment none at all it's amazing
0: that's the thing that's that's really good about it and yeah it's like i've encountered people who like especially this year because i i go as press and um the last like this is my this is most recently was my second one and This one, it was three other podcasts that I met that I know from like just in the circle. I was like, oh, you made it. Oh, you came from Chicago. Oh, you came from L.A. This is great. And just kind of doing our thing, running into them. Hey, good to see you again. And being able to connect with people such as yourself. Um, And even um, chatting with like Roxy Hayes. I was like, oh, I was able to interview you and able to get these, these different things. And it's all under the guise of we're just here because we're unified and enjoying this. Let's connect. That's how it goes.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's funny. You mentioned Roxy. Hey, so I've been yeah. a fan of Roxy for a bit now. And it's funny because I, I didn't even recognize her the first day because <laughs> I was actually DJing kind of right in the arcade. Um, yeah. And she was in Chun-Li cosplay.
0: Yeah, she was. <laughs>
1: and was twerking like nobody's business. <laughs> uh, and we were having a blast. We were having a good old time. And I, I just, it didn't, cl- it didn't click in my brain that that's, who that was, but it, it made for a good moment because when I DJ the cosplay contest, um, I was kind of just DJing before we were all set up and ready to go, just getting the crowd hype, having a good time, you know, doing what I do. Um, I invited her to come up on stage and and to just go crazy. So there's there's a, a fun video out there of the two of us twerking together, which I thought was hilarious. I was like, this is amazing. So that's kind of a, kind of one of those fun dream come true. So shout out to Roxy Hayes, y'all.
0: Absolutely, and I, and I feel like that's one of those things that you would you would get there. Like you would only get in that environment and that experience, that that real uncontrived version of that and. Usually, I look at destinations in that way. Like, if I'm going to New Orleans, I need to have a po' boy and hear some jazz. And <laughs> or, or for instance, when I, I was down there a couple of years back, and there was just random party, and then back that ass came on, back that up came on, and then the outside and the inside converged, and it was just like kind of a second line setup. And I was like, wow, this is the true real. It's like I I experienced that right there. Yes. The, describe uh, and you again. You touched on it, but what would you say the biggest or some of the bigger differences between DJing conventions versus other like events and shows, maybe in terms of music choices, obviously, because you have that, that really great catalog you were describing, but also maybe in terms of kind of like how long you may be doing a set or just kind of like what the energy level looks like, things like that.
1: Right. Uh, so depending on the convention, the typical DJ sets usually about an hour per DJ, unless, um, uh, I, cause I have in the past been invited out to throw the, the entire, like all night dance. So if the dance is scheduled for three and a half hours, awesome is primes going on for three and a half hours. Oh yeah. Um, where m- most venues, especially if we're doing, um, you know, your bars and nightclubs, kind of your, your typical night, uh, nightlife scene. Uh, it's usually an all night affair. Um, I've DJed anywhere from like two hours at the minimum to, uh, six or seven. Wow. Uh, which is kind of intense. Uh, I DJ'd for almost 12 hours at one event. Um, it was an after-hour spot. It was really cool because they actually invited me to come on out to DJ uh, for them. And the other DJ that was supposed to show up never showed up. Uh, I still have no idea. Keep actually, it what rolling.
0: Happened-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what happened to the DJ still. But yeah, we just kept it going, man. And uh, this place was cool because it, we literally would party until nobody was there anymore. That was kind of their rule. It was wow. a legit an after-hour spot. So, I mean, I dj DJed pretty much from like 10 o'clock that night till 10 o'clock the morning. I mean, we watched the sun come up, man. Like it was wild. Um, I scrambled eggs. <laughs> I had no idea how I had that much music. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the, the difference as far as time frame. as far as uh, I guess the difference of, of doing each one, I, I can do both. I enjoy doing both, but I prefer conventions or nerdy events because th- those are my people. You know, I guess that's kind of the easier answer, uh, but yeah. it's, I have more fun doing them just because one of the things that I like to do is I like to play these remixes that kind of take you by surprise. And I always yeah. like to watch people's faces when they realize what the song right. is. <laughs> like my favorite game. Uh, so I, Oh my God, I love it so much. And it's, it's different because I'm always received, um, more warmly from, you know, like the nerd scene, yeah. uh, Because, you know, I am a performer. So in in that instances, uh, I I am a performer. I'm an invited, you know, musical guest. I'm an act that's there to provide, you know, this amazing music, you know, uh, entertainment for everybody. So, you know, when I get off stage, people want to like high five me or give me hugs. You know, people want to come by the merch table and and say, hey, get autographed pictures and all that stuff. I don't get to do that stuff when I DJ at a nightclub because I'm just the DJ for that. That's not what they're looking for. You know, I'm just there to offer service get my paycheck and most times DJs are like cool bet and then they just check out that's it you know so that's that is a major difference
0: that makes a lot of sense um yeah because you know like I I remember because we we were leaving I think that day we didn't stay on the Sunday but just when when my girl and her kid got there and you know he he marked out I was just really happy that he was able to come out and, and check this stuff out he saw some dude with a really fire like jojo costume he just got a jojo tattoo in his leg so he like marked out and then the next thing was going to you dj and i think it was to cosplay uh, contest mm-hmm. and my girl and him were like who's the guy who's the big guy on stage like going off i was like oh that's that's the super dj right there <laughs> and uh they're like this is great it's like he's he he looks, he's a little brown. He's like, well, he's one of our people. That's what the energy was. And, right. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was just great. And it felt like, I think an extension of what the, uh, the Murray couple says, like, you guys are like our family. And that's, that's the thing. Like, it's definitely that. And you see people that you've been around. So what you said makes a lot of sense,
1: right? You, you feel that at blurred con, like it's, yeah. it's you, it, it's cool. Cause it's like, you walk through the door of the, of the hotel and it's like your home. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's what it felt like uh, going back this year because I was very sad. You know, I mean, we all worked the way 2020 kind of worked out, but the fact that they were able to actually still hold their event here in 2021 um, was a little stressed out trying to get down there. My car actually broke down that like night before, and I had to Ooh. figure out how the heck I was getting down there. So, a buddy of mine who was coming with me anyway was like, "You know what? We could take my car. We'll make it out there." Yeah. Um, so so, good luck on, on uh, my boy. That's King Pac Man. I'll give him a shout <laughs> out. Project Grindhouse is his crew. He's actually uh, the dancer that I brought with me. I don't know. He wasn't on stage with me for the cosplay contest, but for the Saturday night dance, uh, me and him uh, were rocking out. He's a crumper. He's friggin' amazing. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's you walk through that door, man, and it was just kind of like, oh man, I'm I'm home. Like <laughs> I didn't realize how much I missed this convention, you know. So. uh, like I said in the beginning, I'll go to that convention until they tell me not to or I can't <laughs> no more.
0: So I want to talk about um, a few more things before we wrap up here. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll frame it this way to, to go back into the air culture moment. Um, what would you say your earliest moment that you realized, like, All right. This is my thing. You know, like, what was it like watching like Thundercats in the er the mid 80s? Was it like watching Transformers? And maybe maybe there's another question about that later. But what was that 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 early seminal kind of nerdy experience that like just grabbed you and it buried in like a tick?
1: You know, it's funny. I I can I can tell you like the earliest like nerd things that I was really into as a kid. But to answer the question, actually, the way that you phrased it, what was the first time that I kind of realized that? I was a nerd. This is my thing. Yeah. Um, would, pro- I'm going to say high school. I wanted to say middle school, but I think, cause there's a level of like acceptance of being younger watching, you know, <laughs> these things that is just, you know, all oh, they'll grow out of it. Kind of like, you know, idea. I think it's once I was in high school and I realized that I wasn't growing out of it. <laughs> um, I think it was then cause like Toonami was, was God, you know, I used to come home from school and rush in, and I—I I kid you not, I have on VHS. By the way, this is this is how ancient I am. Um, I recorded every single episode of Sailor Moon, uh, oh. uh, Tenchi Muyo, uh, and Tenchi Universe and Tenchi Tokyo, uh, nice. and what was the other one? There was three that I like had to make sure I recorded. I want to say it was Gundam Wing. It might, it, more than likely, because I love, I love Gundam, um, but I'm kind of a diehard Gundam Wing fan. But yeah, I, like when the the animes that they were denouncing, like the shows, and like getting into like Samurai Jack, like I'm still into Powerpuff Girls, my dude. Like I love <laughs> Powerpuff Girls. Oh yeah. Um, so it was kind of just one of those things that I realized that I thoroughly enjoy these types of stories, yeah. and I don't think I'm ever going to stop enjoying these types of stories. And uh, I'm glad that I didn't. I, I, you know, I, I'm definitely the kind of person that's, I'll see like what's marketed as like a children's movie coming out in theaters. And I'm like, Nope, we're going to go see that. So, <laughs> um,
0: y- you know, I'm still in a Pokemon.
1: I've been in a Pokemon since red and blue came out.
0: Yeah. We have to be around the same age. Cause what you're describing is very similar. It's like, I was going through my old Pokemon car uh, uh, book earlier. The, the yellow joint that had like Pikachu on there. And I got, but I was like, I still have these? I was like, oh shit. Like, where, where, why do I still have these? I was like, this is great.
1: That's funny. You know, so it's, it's cool. I'm not going to tell you the exact year, but you guys can figure it out. Um, big part of the reason why Optimus Prime uh, is my name, obviously, from a Transformers reference. Optimus Prime is my dude. Uh, he and I came out the same year.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. We're about the same age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what are three things that, you know, when you're going through and compiling your music, like talk, talk about that process a little bit and, and coming up with like, let me check here. Let me grab this. Let me sample this. But when you're doing that, when you're coming up with your process, what are those things that you need to kind of get in that space to be creative? Because I feel like everyone needs something like I, I might need a, I might need only green M&Ms, right? <laughs> but what is that thing that you might need to kind of get in that space where you want to create, you want to get into, you know, to your mode.
1: Uh, for me, uh, a big part of it is kind of the, the desire or the, uh, like the unstoppable force to want to work on something. Cause a lot of times, like I'll get an itch and I'm like, man, I just want to create something. Like I, I gotta, I gotta do something. I got to like, almost like putting pen to paper kind of, you know, same concept. Um, yeah. so that's a big part of it. Um, kind of a fun one. It doesn't happen all the time, but I try my best, um, to have a good, like craft beer, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of like IPAs and like local beers and stuff. So, um, I, I like to try to have, you know, a nice ice cold like IPA when, when I'm kind of trying to put my process together. So that's, that's kind of like my, my green MMs, I guess, if you will. <laughs> um, uh, so definitely like the desire to want to do it. I'll say IPA and, um, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's funny. I actually, I feel like I, I, I had an answer for, for a question like this that I always try to keep in the back of my mind in case somebody asked me. And I can't yeah. remember, like, what the last one is. It was, it was good. in love. The love. Actually, <laughs> no, you know what? That's actually an answer. The love of doing something that, you know, you want to do. Like, you love doing this. Because I feel like a lot of times, sometimes uh, people decide to do things or start projects or mm-hmm. work on something because of the dollar signs in their eyes. Yes. And a lot of times those projects don't work out or they don't, you know, fully get to kind of come to a realization. Sometimes they're never completed or they're completed. And then you're excited because you, you think the product that you created is going to make you tons and tons of money. And then it doesn't, you know, especially in music, like it, being an independent artist, um, I can honestly tell you like the, the pace, not the greatest mm-hmm. you will probably come out of pocket for a good majority of it. Um, excuse me, doesn't mean that you won't make money. Like, I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I'm never saying that you won't make money from your music, but there's definitely a lot of steps and a lot of necessary things to follow um, in order to do that. So, uh, hence why I started my own record label this year, yeah. uh, kind of to, to help kind of give me a little bit more of that oomph, that, that push. Um, and it, it has actually helped me kind of, uh, almost like I tricked my mind, because now it's not like I if I don't work on something or don't put something out, not only am I like letting myself down, I'm also letting like the record label down, but then I'm also letting down like my fans. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, you know, kind of, kind of something, but yeah, the love of doing something, you gotta love what you do. Cause if there's no passion behind it, it's going to show. I mean, I've got songs that I just tried to slap together because I like I tried to. OK, so I tried to do like a WAP uh, Jersey Club remix. <laughs> this thing defeated me so bad. So that's why it's never seen the light of day. It probably never will. <laughs> but yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you're right. That, that piece where you need to have that passion. You need to have the desire to do something like you know, generally what I do on this podcast, I try to interview artists and creatives that are in Baltimore mostly, but in this region. So, you know, interacted with you in a DMV. So, boom, here we go. Absolutely. And I I will say in the different entrepreneurs, these you know, entrepreneurs, if you will, that, that poor man to where I, it's mostly I hear it from chefs. Where you don't get into that industry to say, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money. Right. But those plates got to come out on point. Like you you have to have a standard and a passion around it. And if you're like saying, you know what, this pasta is not going to be al dente, then now you have a reputation that doesn't really. You know, it's not indicative of what your skill set is and what your background is. So, yeah, that's a, that, that last one is very well crafted and presented because passion is a, is a key thing. And even what I do, you don't make money from podcasting. You know, I don't you know, there's like three podcasts that make money and the rest of them are fronted. Right. <laughs> you no, know, we know how these these things go. And people try to come up with a formula and so on. But really, you're going to be coming out of pocket in terms of merchandise, artwork, like what's behind me and things like that. But really, I do this because I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to people who are doing something. And it's like, maybe I learned something. Maybe the audience learns something. Maybe the guests learn something.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: And- it's that's important. I think those types of communications, especially coming out of kinda coming out of the last year and change, is definitely important because you can't do it the same way that you used to. That thing changes.
1: Oh yeah. All
0: right. Here's the last question. I thought about this when I was in Rhode Island a few weeks ago. Okay, what you got? I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. What's the best better song? The Touch? Dare to be stupid? Or or What I've Done?
1: Ooh, ooh. You know it's funny. I was I was gonna I was gonna go with um with the weird owl one. <laughs> oh really? Uh, but <laughs> You said what I've done from Lincoln park.
0: Yeah. I had to throw that curveball in there for you.
1: Oh man. I'm going to go with that one only because Lincoln park kind of spoke to me. Um, as a as a youngin, you know, back in the day, listening to <laughs> Linkin Park, uh, it's funny. Link, me and my friends noticed something about Linkin Park. They made like severely angsty music without even, I think, realizing it because it was so vague in what the message was when you were younger. So you could kind of apply that to anything that any struggle you had as a kid. Like you know, you forgot your lunch money. <laughs> <What I've done. laughs> like, you know. So, but yeah, no, what I've done because that that the, to end the first Transformers. Movie with that song, man, and that little piano when it comes in right at the beginning. Oh man, that's that's definitely the answer.
0: It's like it's, it just started to the the transformer song too. You know what I mean? Oh my god, it was
1: so. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that one. Oh, I'm going with that, one. A that was, one. That was a good way. Plus, you know, no uh, Chester uh, Bennington, You know, rest in peace. Like I was, yes. I, I'm still a little torn up over that one. But uh, um, him and Mike Shinoda and the rest of the group have definitely been a, a big influence on. Um, I guess just me as an artist because they did something different. Mm -hmm. They brought something severely different to the table, even though there were other bands that were doing this like hard rock slash metal fusion with hip hop. Nobody did it like Lincoln park. I still don't think anybody has even come close to creating something that, um, that beautiful because not only was it, uh, extremely well-crafted, but it was very artistic. It was extremely poetic and you could definitely feel that it came from the heart. It came with a lot of soul. Mm-hmm. Um, Like everything they did, even their fun songs, like there was always something very, very big. And and I got a you know big shout out to when they released Meteora. They they finally kind of were just like, oh yeah. Also by the way, we're a bunch of anime guys. You know, here you go. Here's your your Gundams and ninjas and you know kind of doing this like animatrix style music video and stuff. So um, that that kind of solidified them as I guess uh, probably well they are one of my all time
0: favorite bands. Like I can't say that they're not. There's no way. I was waiting for you to say that <laughs> I was waiting for you to make that connection <laughs> and, and breaking the habit was done by the dude that did the anime for uh, the animation for uh kill bill.
1: That's right. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I love that video. <laughs> um, so that that's all I have. Um, so what I like to always offer up for the guest is the opportunity to shamelessly plug website, all of that good stuff. So, um, chime us in, hit us up, let us know. Absolutely.
1: We got. The easiest way to find me is DJ awesomeness prime at DJ awesomeness prime on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, um, those are my big three. I'm also on TikTok if you really want to find follow me on TikTok, by all means. Um, <laughs> I am planning to use it a lot more. There's a few videos up there now, so by all means, go, go peer into my personal life. Um, I'm on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DJ Prime. I'm also on SoundCloud and MixCloud, DJ Awesomest Prime, if you guys want to hear some of my music, as well as um, MixCloud has my mixes. Those are on there. So if you want to kind of hear like what I do when I spin live, that's it's the best place to find that. I am also on Spotify as awesome as prime. Do not put the DJ in front of it. You'll find another uh, version of me that uh, I'm trying to port over currently. Actually. <laughs> um, so that's kind of been a headache, but it's going to happen. Um, Oh, I get, I don't know when this podcast is coming out. Am I allowed to, can I plug something that's coming out in October? Sure. So I actually am releasing my next album, uh, October 22nd. It's called love and lo-fi. It's a lo-fi hip hop. Um, album. It's like eight tracks. It's uh super epic. Uh, if you go to my band camp, actually, so there you go. Uh, DJ awesome is prime.bandcamp.com. I believe is what it is. Um, you can actually have a sneak peek of the, one of the tracks it's called mushroom kingdom kind of love. It's a real smooth kind of vibe. It's got a little bit of a bop to it. Um, wasn't trying to get you guys rocking too much with this one. My goal <laughs> with this album was kind of to give you something that you can vibe out to after you partied with me all night. You know, you got to you got to wind down at some point.
0: <laughs> so thank you again. Um, yeah, um, this is this has been great. So for DJ Awesomeness Prom, I am Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around, specifically around this D.C., this Baltimore, this DMV area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to look for it.